Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following podcast contains explicit language. <laughs> It's Tuesday, June 6th, 2017 from Slate. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pasca, and it's a scary world. It's a crazy place. Just look at what's going on in England, Manchester, London Bridge attacks. In the Philippines, casino attack. President Donald Trump cited it as an example of terrorism the other day, and ISIS did take responsibility. Only it seems that the guy, Jesse Javier Carlos, was an addicted gambler. He didn't target civilians, though he could have. We should say 37 people did die from smoke inhalation and jumping out of windows. But here's what he did. He goes right to the vault in the casino, steals $2 million in chips, and tries to shoot his way out of it. And Filipino police say it wasn't terrorism. Still, Donald Trump Jr. told ABC that once more, his dad nailed it. Every time he puts something out there, he gets criticized by the media all day, every day, by everyone else. And then guess what? Two weeks later, he's proven to be right. It happened again. The president also tweeted about an Australian terrorism incident that happened today. Uh, A Somali immigrant did kill a man and he was killed in a shootout. This one is terrorism. Everyone agrees on that. But why is the president calling it out? It's one murder 10,000, literally 10,000 miles away. The answer is he needs this. He needs to promote the message that no one is safe. We're all under assault. And all that matters is the motive of the attackers. Not the death toll. I mean, seven killed in a Mississippi shooting spree last week. Not a peep out of the president. One killed 10,000 miles away. Vigilance. And in this regard, the media are his enablers. Breaking news on CNN. This is CNN Breaking News. A hammer. Simply a hammer this time. None dead. And here we have an individual using a hammer. But a piece of hardware was deployed in this non-deadly hammer attack. The attacker went after police with a hammer. This man was wielding just a hammer. A hammer. Oh, oh, stop everything. The world's aflame. A man almost 4,000 miles away is using a hammer. What's next? A spade? Perhaps a degrouter? He could have access to a ratchet set of mass destruction. Look, I'm not making light of the seriousness of terrorism, but it's serious because they have the means to carry out wide-scale carnage, not workbench mishaps. Then CNN pulls in an expert, a former CIA officer. Thank God we could have this guy to put it all in perspective. And they ask him, just how much should we fear this hammer? Europe's on high alert. The United States is on high alert, but especially Europe is on high alert. Europe, a continent of 740 million people. They're all on high alert. I mean, what if one of them has a hammer? What should Europe do? If you're in your old post, if you're speaking to your your intelligence colleagues right now, where are the conversations? Uh, Conversations go like this. Yeah, it was just a hammer. It was a freaking hammer. Granted, 
the other end of the hammer might be a claw. But preliminary intel dictates that it's a G-effing-D hammer. I mean, look at this. They've dumbed it down to the point where, as you pointed out, as Art pointed out, it's a hammer. Yes, I like this guy because he seems to be saying in his fancy, kind of scary CIA way, he seems to be saying, hey, CNN, it's a hammer. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a member of the Army Ranger Brigade who's currently fighting the Battle of Mosul, watching CNN and thinking about this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Forget the incoming ISIS fire, guys. You hear about this one? A Frenchman's got a hold of a hammer. May God have mercy on our souls. Now, I know about the Battle of Mosul because 15 minutes before the news hammer dropped on CNN, I actually saw a gripping report on CNN about the fighting in Mosul. It was excellent. But then CNN went to an interview with Republican Representative Francis Rooney, and he let this slip. Nobody's safe. It doesn't look like they're safe in Paris around Notre Dame Cathedral today. Yeah, Rep. Rooney actually broke the news on CNN. So they couldn't ignore it on the basis of, I don't know, that it was just a hammer. Nope, got to go wall to wall. Because unless you obsess on every French hammer, the terrorists win. Nobody's safe. That is the message. Now it's what needs to be emphasized without exception. Well, I take exception to quote the bard, stop hammer time. On the show today, it's a hammer. No, it's a spiel about infrastructure often built with hammers and the con man who's overseeing it all. But first, Maria Konnikova is here with another episode of Is This Bullshit? Non-Dairy Milk Edition. I shall now, as I frequently do in this space, quote the bard, yet do I fear thy nature, it is too full, oh, the milk of human kindness. Actually, I am not going to speak about the milk of human kindness. I am going to speak about milk, but not the human kind, the kind that comes from cows and goats and other things that aren't animals like hemp and coconut. And joining me in this endeavor is an expert in another bovine question, that question being, is this bullshit? It's Maria Konnikova. She is the author of The Confidence Game. She is also host of the award-winning, or soon-to-be award-winning, podcast, The Grift. Hello, Maria. How are you? Doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I have been I have been drinking uh, the coconut milk. And so we could start with just me and my experience and extrapolate from there. Absolutely, because we know that's the best scientific evidence. Yes. So, pros of coconut milk. It really does taste like coconut. And it makes the coffee turn lighter. So that's good. Con of coconut milk? That shit ain't milk. In in terms of uh, battling the widespread lactose intolerance, wh- what do we have to say about coconut milk? Is it milk? And what does it say about the other kinds of milk? Well, so let me ask you a question. Yes. Why are you drinking coconut milk? Are you lactose intolerant? I think I might be. Yeah. Really? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Have you been tested? I have been tested. Yeah. And My, what did the it's test Just say? like a 45 year long test. Ah. There, there's some evidence that it's not maybe the friendliest substance for my body. Okay. Others are. So so there's a reason for you to be drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. And why coconut milk? Um, I wanted to try just some of the alternatives. I got some hemp milk. I got some coconut milk. I got some, what's another kind of milk? Almond. I got some almond milk. I've had that before. That's basically mainstream. Soy milk? Yeah, I'm not into the soy milk. Flax milk? 
Yeah. Um, let's go back to None of to them, the, by the way, are milk. None of them are milk. To right. be a milk, it has to come from the teat of a mammal. Yes, this is correct. Mammal teats. This is correct. Yeah. Yes. I just would take generic mammal teat milk. Like if the cow supply is running low, they'll get goat. That's fine with me. But let's, I guess, go back to my implied yeah. original question with the coconut milk. Is lactose intolerance real? Is it widespread? Yeah. What should we uh, yeah, do Yeah, so there are, lactose intolerance is absolutely real. Mm-hmm. So about 65% of the population globally yeah. has lactose intolerance. Right. But that's a number that's very misleading because, for instance, in Northern Europe, it's between 3 and 5%. Where we get that 65% is because 90% of people from East Asian descent <laughs> suffer from lactose intolerance. All right. So if you just because take out all, so many East Asians. There are. So historically, their diet didn't include dairy after after they were infants. Right. And so the gene that's responsible for breaking down um, lactate became inactive. So when I told you I think I might be lactose intolerant, were you skeptical? I was skeptical because a lot of people self-diagnose as yes, lactose intolerant. that's what I'm doing. And they're not actually. Yeah. Um, so self-diagnosis is a very bad way to go, just like we've done in Is That Bullshit on uh, gluten intolerance. Yes. And a lot of people love to self-diagnose as gluten intolerant, and that's pretty much bullshit. I don't they... really... So my my philosophy is, I don't, you're right, I, I, I almost... By the way, you have changed my behavior in many ways. No, <laughs> no fake sugar, no stretching before I run. Did strain a quad the other day. We'll talk about that. But uh, I am willing to concede that maybe I'm not really lactose intolerant. But you might be. I might be. And why not just try some other things? a lot of people who are lactose intolerant, um, it's not that you can't drink milk, for instance. You, normally, they can take a little bit of ice cream, some yes. cheese, a, yes. little, a glass Love of milk. Love the cheese. Never even yeah. thought about so it. So cheese doesn't actually have you know that much no. lactose. So you're actually pretty good. So so it's very it's interesting. You might be might be. Um, and it's not it's not like with uh, celiacs where mm-hmm. you can't have gluten. Yeah, and so I just it's, wanted it's a very to. Different thing. I just wanted so, to try the coconut and try the hemp seeds too, so yeah. that when I fail my next drug test, I have something to blame it on. Yeah, exactly. Can yeah. you fail a drug test from hemp seed? Not hemp seed, hemp milk. From hemp milk, I don't know. This okay. is this. There has not been a scientific study on this. If there was, you'd have come across. <laughs> Absolutely. It. Oh, that would have been first in my research. Yeah. But so what? What we've established right now is that in the U.S., um, you know, in Northern Europe, lactose intolerance is not that prevalent. Yeah. Um, and yet we see some really interesting statistics. So we see, for instance, that. Um, in 2015, sales of dairy have decreased by 7%, which is $17.8 billion. Like, it's actually a huge amount because people were drinking a lot of milk. Almond milk has surpassed soy milk as the largest non-dairy milk that is being sold in the United States. Why is that? Um, because almond milk is the newest fad. Okay. So this, 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 no this gets to my... There's no problem with soy nope, milk. So, but this... Well, act, we'll get to that okay, too. Okay, um, But... This is part of what I'm getting at is that a lot of it is trend based, that people do it because they think it's actually healthier. So do you think that drinking coconut milk is better for you? I think it's fewer calories per uh, ounce and that's about it. So a lot of people say that. And actually, when you take a survey of people um, and you ask them um, what they think about regular milk versus non-dairy milk, Uh um, you get some really interesting results. So for instance... In the United States, seven out of 10 people, which is, um, or about 69%, I, I know it should be 70%, but yeah. it, it was okay. actually about 69%. And also it's being thrown off by all the East Asians, but go ahead. <laughs> think that it's um, 
that it's a healthier alternative, that non-dairy milk is a healthier alternative for their kids. Um, and only 62% think that actual milk is healthy, Yeah, um, which is still a lot, but that's much fewer than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so people don't think that uh, that milk is very healthy. So um, in Australia, it's even worse. So there was one study that thought that whole milk was the least healthy out of three options, soy milk, skim milk, and whole milk. And they rated whole milk as the worst on every attribute. So they thought that soy milk was actually the healthiest, then skim milk, and then whole milk. Yeah. Um, and so I think- people l- are afraid of fat. And exactly. And we, exactly. we demonize that. Exactly. So and people I've read, are- Did we talk about the studies that show feed your kids whole milk? It'll we, satisfy yeah, them more than the yeah, skim milk? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So that whole milk is actually really good for fighting obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, but people don't- don't really like that. No. Um, and so and so they're scared of milk and they want these alternatives, not just because they think they're lactose intolerant, but because they think that they're making a healthier lifestyle choice. And so I guess then the question is, are they? Are these well, non-dairy milks Since that's healthier? my job, let me ask it. Yeah. Are they? Well, how do we want to define healthier? So what are some of the things that people are afraid of with regular milk? Uh, Getting pain, fat. Yep. Um, uh, torpor. Sluggishness, googly eye, <laughs> uh, lycanthropy. I don't know. I'm just throwing some things out there. So they're afraid of a lot of the things that come with gaining weight. So they're mm-hmm. afraid of diabetes. Yes. They're afraid of cardiovascular disease. They're afraid of cancer because everyone's afraid of cancer with every single substance we talk about. So, you know, let's just throw cancer in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're afraid for all of these reasons. Um, and luckily for us, there was a wonderful meta-analysis that just came out um, about milk um, and looked at hundreds of studies, um, you know, tens of thousands of people over a very long time and looked at all of these different things to show, you know, is there actually a relationship between drinking milk and things like getting fat? Okay. So you skimmed the study. Um, I skimmed the meta-analysis. Yep. Um, And all of these studies. Yes, I've read hundreds of studies now. Mm -hmm. And we see a few different things. So, in little kids, preschool age kids and school age kids, there's zero relationship between dairy and obesity. And in adolescents, and this is what we talked about before, there's actually a protective relationship. So um, the people, the kids who have the highest dairy intake, including whole milk, you know, cheese, those kinds of things, are 38% less likely to be overweight yeah. um, than the people who have the lowest intake. It is insane because like if you see a uh, chubby kid, you do think of guzzling Gatorade and eating Doritos. You don't think, oh, I better go over and knock the milk out of his right. mouth. But you're right. A lot of parents won't feed their kids milk for Absolutely, these Absolutely, because they think that they're going to gain weight. And it ends up that one serving a day increase of milk actually um, lowers body fat by mm-hmm. 0.65% on average and lowers your risk of obesity by 13%. Um, this is once again correlation so because- the mouth upon eating a so peanut butter sandwich. I saw there, that in a commercial. And there are lots of issues with this, obviously, because it's not just milk in isolation. Yeah. We have to think about the families who know that milk is good, what other diet choices they're making for their kids. So there are lots of confounding variables. However- Overall, eating it in conjunction with uh, meat within the last half hour, if they want to. Well, so so here's (laughs) that's not in the meta analysis. That's in the meat analysis. You know what? But here's the thing: milk is a really good source of protein. Yeah, which people don't actually think about, and protein is really good for weight loss because um, it helps you break down amino acids and helps muscle synthesis. Um, And so 
actually, when you're trying to lose weight, protein is a good thing. There are lots of diets that are that are actually founded on this. Milk, huge source, uh, huge source, <laughs> huge source of protein. The only other milk substitute that has a comparable amount, even though it's less, is soy milk. Soy milk. Hence my soy. Yeah. 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 So soy is. So soy actually has. <laughs> so soy has receded. Soy has protein. under almond, but it's actually in terms. It's of actually protein ter- better, in terms yeah. of protein much better. I mean, almond milk has. No other milk basically yeah. has. Now, my, I do have my own theory about why soy milk is less popular. It has to do with other demographic trends. And to the Spanish-speaking public, it's like drinking I am milk. And so <laughs> there's like a cannibalistic aspect. There is. That. And I'm actually glad, though, that soy is becoming less popular because it also has isoflavones mm. that has estrogen-like effects. So oh. having a lot of soy has been linked to hormone disruption. Oh my God, we just turned into Alex so. Jones. Jones, and if that <laughs> yeah. soy milk is in one of those uh, uh, juice boxes, milk boxes, he's right. Alex Jones is right. Not oh my quite, God. but, but there, there is, if you, if you only drink soy milk, and yeah. if that's kind of your only source of, then that might, over the long term, not be a great yeah. thing. But anyway, so- it's Like I always say, soy, oi. <laughs> so so we've got the, we've got the obesity part over. Right. So it probably then doesn't come as a shock that there's no link between diabetes, type two diabetes, and and milk because Why would it, there be? right exactly. Um, and there's actually um, sometimes a lower diabetes risk, especially if you have other dairy products as well, like yogurt, fermented dairy, very good. Um, and we've talked about that. And yogurt's fermented. It's a fermented dairy product. Can you get drunk on yogurt? No. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Let's continue. Um, there's also no increase in heart disease. Um, and it, it actually lowers LDL, which is the bad cholesterol. We were, yeah. You know, HDL is a good LDL yeah. is the That's bad. That's a little, you know, so, that, you're, you're being a little so, reductive, but I know, I know. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yeah. yes. I've seen the meta-analysis. Yes, the yes, it is, it, is, it is reductive because mm-hmm. there are good things about LDL and bad things about HDL. Yeah. So they're both good and bad cholesterols. We're using sure. shorthand. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do an asterisk. I'm being reductionist. Yeah, yeah. But in my reductionist assessment, there's no increase in heart disease. And osteoporosis, obviously, milk has a lot of benefits, especially when you're young. When you're an adult, there's actually no data that it matters. But when you're that a doesn't kid, mean it doesn't. No, it doesn't mean yes, it doesn't. Yes, yeah. But there's no data that it does. But in kids, there's a lot of data that drinking real dairy, um, and you don't get that uh, that effect from any other types of milk because they're not actually milk. They don't have the same proteins. They don't have the same nutrients. They don't have the same effect on bones. They don't have the same calcium, etc. So childhood and adolescence, much more important for osteoporosis. And finally, cancer. So <laughs> always with the cancer. We, ha- we have to have the cancer. The um, subtext of most is that bullshit is, well, okay, cancer. what about cancer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you actually see a decreased risk of colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. It's a greater decrease in um, males than in women for whatever reason, but it's there still. Um, and in fact, there was one interesting study that looked at people who had the gene for lactose intolerance. Yeah. And those people were more prone to colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does actually seem to have some sort of protective benefit for that. Vitamin D staves off the big C. <laughs> um, and maybe the only thing where maybe there's a higher risk, there's just one study and we don't know. Basically, we don't know, but maybe pros- maybe prostate oh, cancer. I was going to say Hansen's disease or leprosy. Ha- yes, lep- field on leprosy. That. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, so maybe, but very little data on that. Okay. Um, and that maybe is weaker than the 
certain decrease in colorectal. Now, let's talk about some of the others. So we've talked about soy milk. Mm -hmm. One of the other huge milks is different types of rice milk. So we know there's actually um, some arsenic in some of those in some of those milks Jesus. because inorganic arsenic. Yeah. Because, well, brown rice has arsenic. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. So if you have a lot of brown rice, it's probably not a great idea. Really? Mm -hmm. If you just have a little, like it's totally fine. But white rice has cyanide. No, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, it true. does. It does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, it does not. People were. <laughs> this was a joke. No now cyanide. Now we are Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no cyanide and white rice. So that's interesting. And the one thing that people think they're really saving on, which is calories, mm -hmm. a lot of the milk. The non-milk milks mm -hmm. actually have equal or higher caloric content because a lot of them have sugar oh. um, and sugar is not actually as good for you yeah. as just animal fat. So sometimes if people think they're being healthier because they're lowering their caloric intake, they're actually upping their sugar intake. So that might not necessarily be the best thing in the world. In summary, you have read all this data about milk. What effect would you say as an expert it has upon the body? It does a body good. There you go. This episode has been sponsored by the National Dairy Council. Maria Konnikova is... No, not really. Maria Konnikova is the author of The Confidence Game. She also hosts The Grift. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Mike. You are the 2%. <laughs> <laughs> And now the spiel. And welcome to day two of Infrastructure Week. And what better way to draw attention to Infrastructure Week than picking fights with the mayor of London, the country of Qatar, your own attorney general, the American judicial system overall, and every bit of media that's not Fox. Because infrastructure. Yesterday, the president had a signing ceremony for his plan to privatize airports. Now, this wasn't a bill. This wasn't a resolution. This wasn't an executive order. It was a non-binding memo and a letter to Congress, and he handed out pens. I have a feeling she's just going to get the first pen. What do you think? What do you think? You hear what he said? I have a feeling she's going to get the first pen. The question is, who's getting the second pen? <laughs> who's going to get the second pen? Here's a guy who would invite the press to a signing at the checkout line of a CVS. All right, who gets the pen? Um, you signed it with your finger, sir. Infrastructure. You know the expression, I don't stand on ceremony? Sometimes you'll hear maybe an, an older person say that. That's all Trump stands on. He's there for the ceremony. He is the first president who wants to fast forward past the actual presidency and just be enshrined in the Disney Hall of Presidents. And let's keep track of this signed memorandum, where it goes, who gets the pens, because this seems to happen. We're so distracted by a worthy distraction, the Russian case. I mean, reality winner. She's a friend of Rose Ceremony, I guess. Anyway, all this Russian stuff, it makes us take our eye off the other areas where he claims success, but there's no accountability. Like, remember the carrier jobs? A thousand jobs saved or even more. United Technologies and Carrier stepped it up. And now they're keeping actually the numbers over 1,100 people, which is so great, which is so great. Well, the state of Indiana announced this week that 632 jobs are being cut from that very carrier factory, and those jobs are going to Mexico. It's not as if every job in that carrier factory is being cut, 
but uh, it's not close to 1,100 saved, and it is hundreds gone. Also, there's a factory right down the block, a ball bearings factory, and all those jobs are going to Mexico. And remember the Saudi $110 billion deal? Well, writing for the Brookings blog, Bruce Rydell, the senior fellow there, reports, I've spoken to contacts in the defense business and on the Hill, and all of them are saying the same thing. There is no $110 billion deal. Instead, there are a bunch of letters of interest or intent, but not contracts. Many are offers the defense industry thinks the Saudis will be interested in someday. None of the deals identified so far are new. All began in the Obama administration. He talks about a couple of them, like this one. The proposed sale of four frigates to the Royal Saudi Navy. This proposal was first reported by the State Department in 2015. No contract has followed. And I thought this part was really interesting. The type of frigate is a derivative of a vessel that the U.S. Navy uses, but the derivative doesn't actually exist yet. Ah, frigate. The reason why this deal was announced as a deal, and remember the hundreds of thousands of jobs the deal would supposedly bring about, it was announced with such fanfare because of this. The president is at heart a huckster. It's a nice way of saying a con man. You remember Trump you. Maybe you forgot about the Trump network, which peddled cutting edge health and wellness formulas. It promised, Trump promised, that this was recession proof. Trump Network wants to give millions of people renewed hope and with an exciting plan to opt out of the recession. It, of course, went belly up, as did the people who invested, quote unquote, in it. And this is who he is. This is what he does. He doesn't hype. He doesn't lie. He doesn't con as a tool. He cons because he's a con man. Look, let's say I direct you to a a snake oil salesman, an actual state fair snake oil salesman. And I say... Mr. Snake Oil Salesman, you no longer have to sell this bullshit swill at a state fair. I'm sending you to Harvard Medical School. I'm buying you all the books you'll need. And then you will intern at the top labs. And you'll fill your head with all the cutting-edge, double-blind, survey-tested techniques. And then we'll let the snake oil salesman loose on the world. You know what he'd say? Probably say this to the first patient he met. Ma'am, you have a pain in your gut. and You've tried all cures. Well, I have to tell you, I've been to Harvard. I've read the books. I've studied with the best experts. So therefore, here's what I'm going to prescribe. It's old Doc Henderson's magic elixir of life. Just two spoonfuls at every meal and you'll be swimming the English Channel in no time. Just sign right here for a month's supply and you know what? You get to keep the pen. That's it for today's show. Just producer Mary Wilson mixes her coffee with Harvey milk. It's really Harvey's Bristol cream, but it's nice to think about the legendary San Francisco city councilman. It's also a little bit disgusting. Chris Brube, just producer, spikes his coffee with Milky Ways. It's just his way. Steve Lichtai is executive producer of Slate Podcast. His milk brings all the boys to the yard. But the boys are local youths who wander the neighborhood with dry cereals and bowls asking for handouts. It's a weird neighborhood. I'll give you that. Hey, go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash slate gist. If you ever told a really good joke on vacation, you could tell me about it there. The gist. My subtlety was a hammer. Oom-pru-de-pru-du-pru. And thanks for listening.